Welcome to the Remember the Light podcast, where I, Sherelle, unravel the story behind the healers, shamans, energy workers, and other light workers who help us to remember who we truly are. Welcome to another episode of the Remember the Light podcast. I am your host, Sherelle, and today I'm interviewing Inge of Akasha Blends about the ancient tradition of Kasha. Before we head into the interview, I wanted to check in with you and share what's been on my mind. Because I don't know about you, but I feel there's a lot going on energetically. Not just for me, but collectively as well. And so since April, we have been under the influence of Pluto's moves in our night sky. And early next year, Pluto will finally conjunct Saturn. And so this means that Pluto and Saturn are cozy together in the same sign on the same degree. Now, Pluto is often associated with the tower in the tarot. And when you look at the tower, you see like a big stone tower and lightning hitting the tower. And there's people falling or jumping from the tower. It feels like everything is falling apart and we can do nothing else and just surrender to this change that's happening inside of us. Let it happen, not as a victim, but because you know that this change is for the better. It will make you stronger, even though it's not easy. So be open to the lessons there and the inspiration for new beginnings that come with it. And since last week, I've been feeling this change and metamorphosis very strongly. I feel like last week I crept in a sort of chrysalis and I'm just letting myself fill up with inspiration, new ideas, new ways of working. And I can't even really give words to it, but I just, I've just been experiencing a potent change in myself as well as in my outside world. It feels like I'm, I can't do anything else than change to evolve, to flow and grow. And not that the way that I've lived and worked so far is is bad or wrong, but it just doesn't feel sustainable anymore. And it feels like the era is over for that. The time is over and it's it's time to to that I'm asked to evolve with the times and the energetic currents. So we're in the midst of autumn as well, and this is a time of year that asks for letting go, to take a closer look at your life and see what is not working, what is, and what you would like to do differently. So it all matches up very neatly. And so I'm just here, basically, just being, letting myself evolve, creating space for intuitive hits, inspiration, and just writing, and tuning in with myself. And I'll tell you that I am curious where this is going to lead me. And what my next cha- next chapter will look like. And if you've been experiencing this as well. Or maybe you felt like you, you've had to force through certain situations. Then I'd, ask, then I'd, I'd just like to ask you. What if you let go? What if you just sat there without searching, striving, running? Just sit and see what it is that you are allowed to receive. What will help you to take your next step? With much more grace and ease. Just just be. And see who or what reaches out to you. So that is my message for today. And 
With that message, I'll also like to transition into my interview with Inge. And so Inge recently started her business Akasha Blends, in which she offers Guasha facials and homemade skincare products. So Guasha essentially is a branch of traditional Chinese medicine, which I find fascinating. So I booked a facial with Inge and it was very helpful for me. My face tends to hold a lot of tension. And it felt much better after. Even my neck and shoulders felt more relaxed. And I only realized that this morning, with the facial a week behind me, that I even saw better and sharper after the facial. So if you're curious as to what Kwasia could do for you, keep on listening as Inge will tell us all about it. And she was a little nervous and suffering from a cold. But she was still ready to do the interview for us. So without further ado, let's head into the interview. Hi Inge, welcome to the podcast. Hello Charelle. <laughs> so what I always like to ask first is to, um, to explain us who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, my name is Inge. I'm 37 years old. I live in Mierlo together with my boyfriend Bertrand, my dog, French bulldog, Oli. I used to be uh, a primary school teacher. Definitely, I'm not, I'm not definitely <laughs> anymore because life took a different, uh, uh, so I started to follow my interest and ended up in skincare. <laughs> you ended up in skincare and so, you're a guasha therapist, or would well, you? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I have to correct that. I'm not a guasha therapist yet because I'm studying to be a guasha therapist right now. It's a study of one and a half years, but I'm a guasha facialist. So, uh, yeah, there is a difference between the two. Oh, okay. I had no idea. So you're a guasha facialist, and yeah. so last week I had a chance to uh, do a session with you to get a guasha facial, which was very nice but can you explain what guasha is and what does a session look like well guasha uh you can you can divide it in two words uh the gua and well we say sha but um it's actually better if you would say sa they say guasha (laughs) but yeah sha is is more easier but uh gua is uh, means literally to scrape and sha means scent and scent is referred to the little red dots that uh, pop up on the skin yeah they yeah they look bright red but they can even look like black uh, but that depends on the health so that's where the word guasha comes from and that comes by uh, we use like a light technique for the face to um, uh, scrape with a, basha, a guasha board over the skin uh, and we do that to improve the blood circulation and the lymph flow and the, and to bring healthy nutrients to the skin and we also improve uh, the chi with that but um, for the body it's a bit of a different story uh, you also get all the improvements of uh, of the skin, but there you also try to improve health. And uh, the scraping technique is way firmer than on the face. And uh, well, if you would look up guasha on the internet, you could see like terrible pictures popping up, <laughs> like uh, with people like having like a whole pattern over their body. But that's not at all what is going on in the face. So big difference there. No, but still, when you do the Guasha facial, you do touch a lot lot of acupuncture points. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So in a way, you still improve the overall health and not just the face. 
True. Yeah, because we we uh, stimulate uh, stimulate these points. Uh, it's lots of times that people who, uh, for example, like have back pain or something, and uh, when I'm done with the facial treatment, they say like, "Hey, my back pain is also gone." So that's a nice benefit that uh, that comes with it. So yeah, that's interesting, like how uh, how acupressure points work, like uh, what they can do. Yeah, and actually, so guasha or guatha or something like they say yeah. <laughs> in China um, is a very old tradition in China. It's a practice that was used, has been used for centuries. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how it was all used in old China, how it came about? Do you know a little bit about the history of it? Uh, yes, I do. Guasha is more than 2000 years old, uh, but uh, origin, the origin is not like completely sure that it actually comes from China, but at least they found like proof of it uh, because they found writings uh, like 200 years before Christ uh, that they know for sure that there was already uh, the use of a scraping uh, method. It was actually used in families to scrape like uh, the skin if you had a cold or if you had muscle pain. So that's how it was used in the first place. And it was just done like uh, from grandma to grandchildren. But it can actually be found like everywhere in South South, and East Asia. A long time ago, they used like coins or spoons. That's why uh, it's you can also find it under coining or under spooning. And they also used, uh, instead of oil, we do it with oil nowadays, but they used plant juices or water uh, to scrape the skin. And they did that to improve their health, but not only like to scrape away like the disease itself, but they also uh, did that to uh, to themselves, like to prevent uh, a sickness. So that's a bit like where it comes from. That's the origin of yeah, we try to improve the the flow of qi, like um, the a bit the Chinese way of uh, seeing like uh, yeah of seeing health is like if you get like a stagnation somewhere, uh, that is where a sickness or disease would come from. So uh, by bringing flow back into the body or into the face, you try to solve that point of where there was a problem. So free so cheek and flow freely again and uh, that's how you improve health yeah so meaning that she would be life energy and the well actually the energy that sustains you right yes indeed mm-hmm. yeah and so you were just saying that people uh, used coins or spoons um, but originally they mainly used a jade. Nowadays you can get guasha boards, which are like uh, flat crystals with which you can scrape your skin or massage your skin and uh, made from all kinds of different crystals. Yeah. And is that just because it's pretty or does that have an extra health benefit? Uh, it's a bit a yes and a bit a no because yeah it is possible of course to do it uh, you can still do it with a coin or with a, uh, a spoon uh, but like now they have invented like uh, boards like you should see like if you put like a coin on uh, on a body like the 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 surface or like the 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 part of the coin that actually touches the skin is very small so now they invented like uh, different shapes, yeah, where the touching point is way bigger, like the, the surface of the 
of the board is like way bigger uh, in contact with the skin. So you, it's, it's more pleasant to feel, but also like uh, you don't have to be that precise, for example, to uh, cross a point. Like if you use a, a coin, you have to be super precise, like to see like, okay, the upper pressure point is there. So I have to make sure that my coins hits that point but if you use like a board a washer board which is like a complete oh, has a complete flat side you can be quite sure that you would hit that point anyway so that's one of the benefits that comes with it in china they used uh they yeah they used to uh, use uh, buffalo horn and that is still on the market it's not that uh, animals uh got killed because of that horn it's just like a byproduct uh, and at least something useful gets made out of it. Uh, but now indeed you can also find like um, rose quartz, aventurine, uh, jade. Although jade is not real jade anymore because uh, there is a stop of uh, of jade since two years. Uh, there is no digging uh, for that anymore. It just doesn't exist anymore. So everything that you will find jade nowadays would be new jade. And that is actually serpentine. So there's a bit of a difference in it. Yeah, so that's something I didn't know either. That um, jade is actually not, you, it's not allowed to mine. Well, in fact, I, th- I think that in a lot of areas, it's not allowed to mine for crystals in general. And I also think that's a very um, unethical thing that there is... Um, people do still mine for crystals because um, it harms the earth. And then when you look at the spiritual community, we tend to say, well, um, let's get all the crystals because we're so earth friendly and we want to rewild ourselves and become, release our wild women. But then not knowing that by getting all our crystals, we are actually aiding in the destruction of earth, which I think is quiet horrible and truly i think a lot of more awareness um, is allowed to uh, be created around but then um, there's also there are also stores that sell crystals that are essentially waste material from uh, diamond mining which of course uh, diamond mining is just as unethical but if during that process crystals well are mined anyway then those are the crystals i would choose for and but as you're saying mining for jade is um, truly forbidden now so the serpentine that's used now is that like grown in a lab i honestly don't know i i just know that uh, that new jade uh, is like what we can get now and uh, i i don't think it's grown in a lab because uh, i think there are still they still dig for uh, that uh, sort of jade okay and from what i know is that even that is running short so in a couple of years that probably also doesn't exist anymore mm. interesting yeah, so I would just say that because I'm not against um, purchase of crystals because I feel like they are um, a way in getting back to our roots, in becoming aware of our own energy and the energy of the things around us. But I just want to say to the listeners and everyone who comes across this that just pay attention to where you get your crystals from and... If you 
in which why you buy them are you buy them because do you buy them because they're pretty or do you buy them because you have a strong purpose for them like uh, with the kwasha board which do serve a clear therapeutic purpose yeah i think that's always like a super good message to get out there uh, there's always room of course for improvement um yeah it's it's a bit of a, a yeah it's a dilemma yeah it's a bit mm. of a dilemma because i think um there would be like a store out there who would sell like uh like perfectly sourced uh guasha boards then of course everybody would go for that but the problem is like where to find them and um so far i haven't found anything yet i do know where we get them from and i uh, i know that is like um I get them through my guasha uh, teacher who has like four agents in China who is like, uh, yeah, they especially visit like factories themselves. They uh, send us pictures, what it looks like. Uh, so we know like, okay, so that is all okay. So that is already one step in the right direction. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's always difficult to know exactly where, of course, they get their stones from. And uh, I think another different thing uh, that is difficult would be a price. I mean, in China, they still see washer boards just as a tool. Nothing more than that. It's not like uh, anything like how we would treat them. We, we, uh, we love a stone. We can even put it in the moonlight to charge it or whatever. But uh, if you would tell a story like that over there, they would just laugh at you. For them, it's just a tool. And I think uh, for that, it's also for years that it's been like coins or like a spoon. It it was not an expensive technique or something. The only uh, part where it got expensive was that it was used on empresses, for example. And uh, of course, they didn't want to use a spoon or like a coin. And they would like to have jade on their face because jade is one of the highest stones that you can have in china um so yeah there's a difference but yeah what price it would eventually be if you would have like uh yeah a perfectly sourced stone uh from a uh, from the right mine and like uh cut in perfect circumstances i don't know what a price would be on a stone but i would definitely be curious to uh yeah to see if maybe one day this exists so yeah yeah and that's that's of course always a dilemma because i think we always try to find products that are ethical in as many ways as possible um but then like for instance even when you're vegan and you say well i don't buy a clothes that have animal products in them like leather uh, and then you go for synthetical, which then in uh, in turn harms the earth. So there's always you try to do your best, but it seems yeah. <laughs> like that w- whatever choices you make, there's there's not a 100% perfect choice. And yeah. uh, a friend of me uh, told me like a while ago, she 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 would blog about uh, sustainability a lot on on her website and post about social media. But she said, yeah, the one thing that i discovered is that um the only way to be sustainable is to 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 do less to buy less to to eat less to live more minimalistic mainly because you don't um because even when you even decide to buy for instance so see what happens like with the dopper bottles for instance which i love 
Um, mm -hmm. They have a new release of new colors every season. And then, I mean, I don't, I just need one dopper bottle, maybe two. But then what happens is that people think, oh, wow, I love this color much better. And they'll buy that one, which is still in a way not sustainable at all because you already have one. So what happens with the old one? You throw it out. Um, so this is, this is such a dilemma, which is actually a topic for another episode. But I just wanted to, to dip into it a little bit here. But so like when you, when we started, you told me you used to be a primary school teacher and now um, you are a gua sha facialist. Yes. So how did that happen? Because I know that before you became this gua sha facialist, you actually had three burnouts. Can you share yes. about, about that? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> it's indeed like a bit of a, an interesting road uh, there. Um, well, first of all, like, um, I'm still in question if it, uh, at the end, if it has been three burnouts or if it's just been like one burnout and that it went uh, well for a very long time. And then, uh, I ended up in like two, well, maybe minor or minor like uh, at least that it, I, I fell back like uh, because um, when I received like uh, gua sha uh, body um, treatments my uh, my teacher told me like uh, did you know that a burnout takes like seven years to really completely like that it disappears from the body no I didn't know so I found that very interesting mm -hmm. and at the time uh, that I uh, received my first uh, body guasha treatment was also that the, those seven years were over and I said yeah I really start feeling different and he said so he asked me the question so were it three burnouts or was it just maybe like that you fell back and I was like yeah mm -hmm. Could be both. So, but yeah, at least for me, it felt at the time like, okay, that's uh, three burnouts. But yeah, from, um, I was indeed like a primary school teacher. I think I've always felt like that my passion was not like a hundred percent there. I just had to choose like a profession like everybody else uh, had to. Uh, and I didn't know what I really wanted in life. And for me, it was easy like to choose the profession that both of my parents practiced. So I also chose to uh, go on that road and be a primary school teacher. And I absolutely loved working with kids and I loved uh, teaching them things and like uh, the social aspect of everything. But there was also a big downside of it. And that is that uh, your day is never over. Like uh, there is a ton of like paperwork that has to be done. Uh, for me, energy-wise, it was also a lot. Uh, you start early, uh, you work till late. Uh, it's every every day you have like 30 children in front of you. Uh, a school is like uh, almost never quiet. It's uh, always quite noisy, and that didn't fit my personality that well. So um, uh, when some things started to happen in my personal life, my father was very ill at the moment, and eventually also passed uh, passed away. That was the point when it all started to be too much. And I think got to the point that I realized uh, when I had the burnout that I thought, okay, now I can come back as a teacher when it was going a bit better. But there, there was no, because the passion was not there, I, I could not go back. Like I didn't, I didn't want to. And um, so, yeah, I started to make or I made the choice to say like, okay, I'm going to stop teaching. 
And I didn't have a different plan, which lots of people found like weird at the moment or like, okay, but you stop. And then, yeah, I say, I just don't know. I just know. I only know that I have to stop this and well, another plan will come my way. And uh, what I learned from my first burnout was like, okay, energy wise, I have to uh, do something that doesn't cost me that much energy that I still have energy at the end of the day. And uh, it doesn't matter if, uh, if I do something that I, that I really like, uh, as long as you can practice it, it's okay. And there's a bit of truth in it, but also a lot of uh, things that were not so true. Uh, of course it's good like to take your energy into account. Um, so I became a waitress uh in a super nice really uh really nice uh restaurant uh, our team was like so so cozy so lovely um so that was all perfect but my passion was still not there because i also never wanted to be a waitress in life so i still felt a lot of emptiness and yeah lack of passion or desire or something like that so um when uh yeah um for circumstances, uh, the the restaurant um, I had to, or I had to uh, leave that restaurant, and I went to a different uh, restaurant, which was like way bigger, like in the city, and uh, yeah, still at day hours, so that was uh, time wise, that was still okay, but it would be it wasn't a place where I would normally not prefer to come myself, and uh, I thought like, like yeah, okay, but now now I have a task, so that will be fine. Uh, so I can probably deal with the noise and with, uh, and with the hours and, uh, and, and with how many people that are there. And I tried that for, um, uh, yeah, for a while. And in the end, I still uh, found myself again, like that, um, there was no passion there. Uh, it was still not something that I liked. Uh, I didn't have like, um, uh, or uh, at the time there was again like personal circumstances that were like heavy uh, and I think yeah that is like where it becomes difficult for me so I had like a second burnout and um, when I got better from that one or like when it was finally going the right in the right direction my mom got really ill by uh, an operation that went or a surgery not an operation surgery that went bad and then I became her caretaker all of a sudden. So there was another twist in life. And um, yeah, so the, uh, yeah, life has been tough there. Um, but it also finally made me realize that it was about like the things in life that make you sparkle. And I started my search for, okay, what is that then? And um, it was my... Uh, my job at the moment to yeah really made it my mission to find that out i just want to know like okay what what makes me spark and so i started to follow like little interests like i always want to know like uh pottery and uh so i decided to go for that and find out like okay is that something that i like or not so like uh you know at least you can cross it off your list if it's not the case but i i liked it and uh well so I tried like lots of different things and um, eventually I ended up with aromatherapy to make a long story shorter. Uh, and 
from that moment I was hooked. I was just, I found it so interesting, like uh, what essential oils can do for your body, for your mind, what a smell can do for your, uh, yeah, for your whole being. And, um, and it was a big part of skincare and I always liked skincare or products, but uh, I never knew that my interest was that big. And I started to, yeah, I want to know more and more and more. And at the time my skin was very bad. Um, probably, yeah, well, everybody who has had a burnout probably noticed some skin uh, changes. Um, so, and I used a lot of like what I thought were good products or good brands or natural products. And still like it didn't, there was no improvement. And then I got curious, like, okay, why is that? I mean, I was looking into the ingredients, like, okay, what's, what's in this product? Uh, why does that not work for me? Um, and another part that also had my interest, uh, like my mother had or has cuperosa. Uh, I don't know if it's the exact same word in English or that you pronounce it differently, but, um, but what I found out, for example, like, uh, in literature that, uh, cuperosa is often translated as rosacea, but that is something completely different. But then if you give like a treatment for, uh, rosacea for people with cuperosa yeah that don't that doesn't work so and then I found like little mistakes like uh, in, in lots of things and I thought like okay so that's where it goes wrong and um, yeah that's how I ended up with uh, making or creating um, my own skincare that's yeah brought at least my skin uh, back to health so yeah, that's a bit the story. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite the journey. And if I, so what I understand is that you really started to listen to okay, what what makes me sparkle? Um, you started on your website. You write. You started to follow your curiosities, as Elizabeth yes. Gil- Gilbert advises. Yes. Um, so how do you know because i know that for me i have too many curiosities i am Mm -hmm. interested in all the things so how do you decide which curiosities to follow and which to put on the shelf for later and which to actually just let go yeah that's a good question (laughs) that uh I think you always have, have a, like, if you make a list of things, if you would write things right, uh, down right now, there's always like things that really makes your, your heart jump. Like, okay, this is really like what I want to do. And just things that are like interesting, maybe okay for later. But, and um, what I find out, like between some things, there's also like a connection. Like, uh, for example, pottery is for me, like getting out of my hands, uh, out of my head working with my hands and what I, uh, so I found out that massaging people is for me, I do the exact same thing. Like I'm mm. not, I'm not that much focused on, of course I first, I look at, at a person and see like, okay, uh, do I see something uh, uh, particular? But like when I'm on a face, I, I find it so interesting uh, to feel what is going on. And I, I do the exact same for pottery. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like if you find like an interest, that, uh, yeah, what really makes you happy, uh, how it brings you to, or how it can lead you to other things. So, um, I would say like, yeah, really go for the interest that makes you, yeah, 
make you sparkle where you really feel that joy inside like almost like you know like that excitement uh feeling and um shelve yeah shelve the ones that don't immediately give you that feeling or, or like where you feel like uh, it gets easier overruled or by your head and that's of course the second one like I've done things like where I really uh, sometimes thought like, okay, this is really insane. This is crazy. Are you really going to do that? And yes, I did that. <laughs> and um, it always leads to something. And in that way, you never lose. Uh, you always gain something. I don't know if that helps a bit what I'm saying, but um, yeah. Yeah. And even if you discover you don't like it, then at least you know that you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You can cross mm. it off your list and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting what it can bring. Yeah, and so on your website, I read that during this journey of yours in which you tried to find out what, what made you spark, there was some soft voice inside of you that told you that you wanted to know more about witches. Yes. <laughs> do you know where the curiosity came from? Um, I think I always had a bit of a soft spot as a, as a child for, for witches. I, I, I loved, uh, reading like comic books, uh, with witches or, st or hear stories about it. Or even like, um, if there were like, uh, just health programs, but like with people, uh, out of nature, like, uh, for example, like, uh, if you have a cold, uh, put like a raw onion next mm -hmm. to your bed as a, as a child, I found that like fascinating. <laughs> like, uh, and I think that is funny as a kid, like to, to have that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of fascination. Like, uh, so yeah, as a witch, I don't think of like, uh, glass balls or like black cats or things like that, but I think my family always has been a bit like in on a, on a health path. Um, maybe because there are some diseases also in the family. So it was always like, oh, if you have this, oh, you should eat this. Or like, oh, if you have that, oh, you should chew on this. Uh, and um, so I think it was already like a bit, uh, yeah, just there. Uh, so that voice must have come from, from that, from that childhood, uh, feeling. But at the time when I heard it, I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> no way that I'm going to do something with that. I mean, which is just have like, and it's, it still has like a bit of a negative feeling in my mind, but of course now I know better because uh, mm -hmm. I did follow the path and, uh, I'm uh, in the second year of witch class, if you can call it like that, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds very Harry Potter like, but uh, yeah, it's so, it's so different. It's just like, for me, uh, witch class is like more growing up with nature knowing how it, yeah, how it can heal you, knowing how you can learn to work uh, with its energy, um, yeah how uh, yeah how it can be like a part of your life and it doesn't matter if that is through through chakras or through moon phases or whatever but uh i find it interesting and uh, well and and uh, aromatherapy was a part of witch class so and then i was like ah so that's why i had to go to to witch class just to find out mm -hmm. about aromatherapy otherwise i probably wouldn't have found it uh, in my life because aromatherapy to me was just like okay something with smelling but that was it and uh yeah I'm very happy that I did and that's how I ended up on the path where I am now so yeah sometimes things might be very weird but um I think the best thing that you can do is just 
to follow them and see like, okay, what's the message here? Because there's probably a reason for it. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that you say all the word which has still some negative or dark connotation for you. And I think this is so interesting because I know that for me, I'm, I mean, I think the communities that I am in have reclaimed the term witch so much that when I think of witch, I just think of woo-woo and some tarot cards and some crystals and all glittery glam, as well as the darker side of the witch, which is the intuitive, the, the, the one that travels to the darker realms, that, that how makes the potions um, mm-hmm. thing. And for me, that's even those dark sides of the wish have such a positive connotation. But then um, last week I was, um, I went for a walk with a friend of mine who, who is very aware around the law of attraction and um, things like that. But in a different community, you know, like more than, I, I, I can't even label it because, I, and I also don't want to label it, um, but not in the witchy woo woo crystals and um, herb baths uh, community. And so, and we were brainstorming about um, a project I was working on, and I was like, hmm, and what about reclaim your inner witch? And she looked at me and she said, well, I wouldn't buy that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you see how much a difference there still is around that term. And I actually had no idea because I, I mean, I listen to a lot of spiritual podcasts. And of course, there is still a lot of talk about reclaiming the term witch. Um, which is also very interesting which I was about to go on a tangent on, but I'm not <laughs> um, <laughs> reclaiming the term witch. Um, but for me, it's also because I listen and consume so much content around witches that for me, I feel like I've reclaimed this. And then when I encountered someone who looked at me very strangely for using the term witch, I was like, oh, there still is some healing to do around this. And which is true, of course. And what I hear from you also is that for you, the witchy aspect was mainly the the effect of the, the natural healing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's also, I think, like, it depends a lot on, like, who you're talking to. Like, uh, yeah. for example, if I, if I talk to, if I speak to, like, older people, like, let's say from... Uh, from 50 till I don't know at least older I mean they would definitely give you a look like okay you are out of your mind you're a bit insane do you know what it is you know <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, of course there's also like a big group of like-minded people who actually know what it is who've practiced it and uh, found out like okay there's nothing weird about it like uh it's not like that you cast spells the whole day or like brew potions all day um no offense <laughs> if like if there are well, if there are people who do that fine <laughs> but yeah i mean at least that is not at all what i do but it's also like yeah uh yeah what do you pick out of it i mean it's not like every lesson that i've had in which class that i was thinking like oh wow i feel so connected or something there were also there parts that i thought like yeah okay this doesn't uh yeah like my fire that much but uh find that it's there but that's okay i think that is just with everything like that you just pick out what is meant for you and you do something with that and 
yeah, what is not for you, it's okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, the name, the name which just has something, yeah, weird. Or it's just, it's just difficult to get like a a, a face without a smile. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah towards you like somebody will always like have a bit of a grin or like uh have difficulties like taking you serious if they don't if they yeah if they practice it themselves or are like not a bit spiritual minded or open-minded or whatever so and that's okay it's fine like uh it's just i think it's up to you like to handle it and explain and then for me it's also not you don't, my message to the world is not like, woohoo, listen to me, like I'm a witch. No, I mean, yeah. there are definitely people where I wouldn't tell it to because they are not open-minded or it just doesn't bring them anything, if I would say that. I mean, we could not have a conversation about it. Um, and it's okay, you know, you don't have to like, yeah, say this, uh, tell yeah. this to everybody. Just Just share it with the people where you feel connected to and then at least something good can come from it uh, i think that is the most important that, uh, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that um i think just and it goes to everything you know you you don't you just know what people to share what's interesting yeah, exactly or um language with and but I think it's still just an interesting fact that some words like which have still this connotation that is that's a little estranged from us. But then you said, like, when we go back to the voice or the, the whisper or the, the idea or whatever that you had about following the witchiness for and you said, well, it led me to aromatherapy. And I think this is so important to just stay open and be attuned to these whispers that you'll hear and and follow them you know follow yeah <laughs> follow the threads follow the little steps follow the whispers and you will get where you need to be even if you don't understand it now even if it doesn't make sense and even if you you feel like well this is so so not practical at all but trust the whispers because those are your inner wisdom and they will know you know yourself deep down that it's the right choice. Yeah. Well, that's the perfect sum up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was curious. So what skin problems do you encounter the most in your guasha practice? First of all, I think people don't really know anymore, like what to do with their skin. It's not, uh, yeah. It doesn't mean like everybody had like a lot of skin problems, but uh, it's just like that. They there are so many there are so many products uh, nowadays, and um, you find out like uh, that uh, some words where you uh, had your faith in, like uh, like that it's test. Or how do you say that? Dermat dermatology. Cannot dermatology. Yeah, that is tested. That, that used to mean something and now you find out like okay it doesn't mean uh, that much and I think it confuses people like what to believe and what not to believe so mm-hmm. I uh, I get people especially like with that uh, question like okay I use this this product what do you think of it like yeah okay this like my skin uh, went through this and it got worse uh, why is that uh, so I get people like with a lot of questions um and of course everybody wants to glow and i think the the biggest message that i can put out there is that uh 
you should not like want perfect skin. It's not about perfect skin. If you like, if I take my own skin, for example, I mean, I have quite big pores. Uh, I still have uh, once in a while some pimples, but I would never, I cannot uh, change that into a skin with without any problems, uh, which is completely smooth, uh, where you cannot see any pores or whatever. And that is okay. But I can try to make my skin as healthy as possible uh, so I can shine my own light. And mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, that is most important. So what I'm trying to do um, with my products and also with the treatments that I give is like, yeah, to improve the skin health and yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> what can people themselves do outside of getting a Kwasha facial uh, from you uh, mm-hmm. to keep their skin healthy? What would you would be your number one tip for that? Movement, like, uh, or, yeah, there's not really. I, I have like three things more like what you would do, but I think it's underestimated how important it is to move your skin. And I understand that is scary if you have like a bit of a problem skin because then you think like, oh, I should not touch it. Mm-hmm. And movement is something completely different than, um, uh, for example, like uh, what they say, like, oh, don't be careful, don't rip your skin or whatever. Movement is just like massaging your own skin. Like, uh, you just bring like fresh uh, uh, nutrients to your skin you improve your own blood circulation uh, you can work with your lymph i mean that's all yeah that's all super important to improve your skin health and uh, another one would be like use sun cream like every day and like uh, sun is one of the things that um, yeah sadly <laughs> gives us like uh, the most wrinkles and a sun cream is like a very good protector. Um, but also like, um, yeah, do invest like in natural products that that uh, feed your skin and protect your skin. For example, like uh, there's a lot of like uh, pollution, uh, if you, especially if you compare it like years ago. That, uh, yeah, the pollution got worse. Mm-hmm. And there are products that can help with that. And another thing would be, drink water like drink um like hydration is so important like first of all like uh, the water goes to like all the important organs uh, in your border uh, in your body and if they have enough then finally less it gets to your skin so that's why hydration is uh, very important try yeah try to drink uh, to drink well not as much water as you can but just at least I would say it's still like a minimum of like two liters a day. So would you recommend people getting started with Kwasha themselves um, or to have a session with you or another facialist first? Because it's quite easy to just order a Kwasha board or a jade roller or whatever from the internet. But is it useful to get one if you're not schooled into using these tools? Um, you can definitely get one but it's uh it's just that you can do a lot of things um right and there are also like a couple of things that you can do wrong the thing is just it is the the techniques are quite simple but it's good to know like what you're doing and uh i think like if you go to a guasha specialist who knows these moves and who can like teach you like um how you can mostly um benefit your skin problem so for example if you say like oh i always have like uh dark circles under my eyes what can i do with that you will get like an advice that is like especially made for you and uh and also like uh you learn like which stone uh benefits 
uh, yeah, would be best for your skin. So like for example, uh, we really uh, try to put two stones out there like the rose quartz uh, guasha board and the aventurine guasha board uh, because the rose quartz is best for uh, people with uh, dry, normal to dry skin and the aventurine guasha board is best for people with uh, normal to oily skin. And of course, we also uh, take into account to which oil would be best for which skin type. So there's a lot to learn and a lot uh, to benefit from uh, if you do it right. Um, so I'm going to try to make like uh, a tutorial this week for like uh, an easy five minute gua sha. So you can do it yourself. And that's really like the basic of the basic uh no, t- uh, no tricks uh, there, uh, but right for for some own um, uh, home care. And I also want to offer people uh, an, a treatment like that is probably going to call like guasha with me. And then I want to offer people um, that we can do it together. So we uh, there will be like a questions uh, list that you fill in. I know. Uh, how your skin is, I know what would be best, what we can do about it, I know what you want to work on, and that's how we would uh, yeah, practice Bosha together, and I will be on top of what you are doing. So I would see directly, like, okay, uh, use a different angle, use different pressure, uh, move more to there, or stay away from that, uh, and I think, yeah, that would uh, help people a lot. So that's a bit, uh, I hope that covers um, but you already also offer on Insta Stories sometimes a short tutorial which people can check out. Where on the internet can people find you? AkashaBlends.com and uh, the other is uh, at AkashaBlends on Instagram. And you can always reach out there, send me a DM or send me an email. Uh, and yeah, we will see what we can do for you. Yeah, so that is AkashaBlends.com or on Insta slash akasha blends thank you so much inga for joining me on the podcast today thank you so much thank you for asking me i enjoyed it uh, more than i expected to because i was very nervous but thank you so much for asking and uh, yeah for your nice questions thank you for listening to this episode as always all the links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes Also, I have a couple of magical events coming up, including a miracle walk in the forest and a group healing and hypnosis. This will give you the clarity and confidence to follow your heart and will take place in a beautiful yoga studio in Amsterdam, Oost. So if you're interested in that, take a peek at my Instagram, sherelle.light, that is C-H-A-R-E-L-L-E dot light. Um, which will be well you can find a link to this in the show notes as well and on my instagram i share the latest events coming up if you feel you're ready to follow your heart and step into your true self don't forget to book a free tea talk with me and we'll look at what you can do to start embodying your true self go to rememberthelight.com slash tea as in t-e-a that is rememberthelight.com slash tea